a ratio marketing podcast. You know, as you work with operators, a lot of what the focus is going to come back to is high margin service lines that are based on inpatient market share, right? And so you've got to be able to get to a place where you can have conversations around what's best for the consumer, not what's best for the hospital necessarily. Have you ever wished you had a healthcare provider on speed dial? Someone you could call to validate your product market fit. Someone to listen and help you see your solution differently. Welcome to Healthcare Market Matrix, a podcast to help you see your market clearly. We dive deep into the challenges faced by healthcare organization leaders that technology has the chance to help them solve. It's all about gaining the kind of understanding you need to effectively connect with your market. Join us as we explore the healthcare market matrix. And hello, everyone. I'd like to w- join the team at Ratio and welcoming you to Healthcare Market Matrix. I'm your host, John Farkas, and today we have the rare chance to talk to a fellow marketing professional. Reed Smith has found his way into one of the more progressive and I think needed C suite positions in the realm of healthcare providers. He is the chief consumer officer at Ardent Health Services. And from where I sit, Reed has come into his position honestly. He spent 20 years in healthcare marketing. He served as the hospital marketing director, then overseeing product development for the Texas Hospital Association. And he's been a strategist at several prominent agencies, working with some of the world's largest healthcare brands and providers. And in his spare time, he founded the Social Health Institute, which I'll want to hear a little bit more about, where they are helping healthcare organizations figure out how to approach their social media and digital marketing strategies. And he's a founding advisory board member for both the Mayo Clinic Social Media Network and the Health and Wellness Track at South by Southwest. And because there's still a few gaps in his calendar... (laughs) You can also find him behind the mic with co-host and accomplished healthcare marketing pro Chris Boyer on the Touchpoint podcast, where they explore consumer experience and digital marketing in healthcare. And I just bumped into him at the Becker's conference in Chicago, where he was asked to speak. So this guy definitely covers some ground. Reed, I'm not sure how you fit it in, but thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to do it. Good to be here. So, Reed. I guess, tell us a little bit about uh, Ardent Health Services. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so Ardent, um, you know, people may know some of our hospitals and health systems and the markets that we're in, uh, which I'm happy to kind of touch on. But based in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, we own and operate uh, 30 hospitals around the country, a couple hundred sites of care, including clinics and uh, physicians' offices and you know doctors and all that kind of fun stuff, but uh, uh, pretty large. Uh, uh, I guess across six states, eight markets: uh, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Idaho, Kansas, New Jersey. So uh, that's what we do. And if you were to talk a little bit about Arden and what sets Arden apart in your eyes, what would be some of the things that uh, that you're doing that are a little different? Yeah, so, you know, on paper, we probably look like a number of other health systems that are out there. Um, I think kind of what we're, what we're doing, where we kind of find ourselves today is trying to kind of think through, you know, where, where are the markets moving, uh, meaning our, our actual markets with uh, the actual consumer being more at the center of our attention and kind of what we're planning and, and looking at and driving towards, um, you know, hospitals are still very important to us, certainly, and still a very uh, core piece of the business. But, uh, you know, I can at least speak from the kind of consumer or marketing side of the equation. Uh, you know, much of what we're doing is is much more consumer-centric and starting there versus thinking through hospitals and service lines and, you know, trying to go out and acquire consumers, if you will, for those services, uh, you know, really trying to kind of wrap services around what the consumer needs. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got there. Uh, what tells you about sure. your road to, uh, to Arden? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think you mentioned it uh, about 20 years ago. 
uh, was my first first job in healthcare, and before that was. Um, I, you know, my career is probably just a lot of luck, quite honestly, than anything else. But um, I was, my wife and I were living in Pensacola, Florida. Um, she was the director of marketing for our minor league baseball team, who happened to be owned by a guy named Quint Studer, uh, who many at hospitals probably remember the name and, and the Studer group. Um, and so I spent a lot of time standing around with him watching baseball. And uh, of course, he was a hospital administrator and then got into kind of the organizational consulting that he was doing with the student group got me interested in hospitals. Um, and so ended up taking a job as the director of marketing and communications at a hospital back in Texas. And so did that, did that for a handful of years. And, um, you know, it was really interesting because at the time, um, you know, I had marketing, I had communications uh, in a small town that also meant you went to the ribbon cuttings and, uh, you know, you were around town, uh, you know, at all the events and things like that. Uh, but coincidentally, our CEO uh, gave me the opportunity to oversee uh, our patient experience initiatives um, and, and kind of coordinate or orchestrate those. And at the time, it felt like very different, uh, two very different things, uh, the marketing work that I was doing and the, and the experience work that I was doing. And so, you know, if I jump all the way ahead to now, it's really hard to delineate where those things are different uh, more mm-hmm. than they are, um, you know, the same. And so it, it's just kind of, it, you know, it, it was interesting back then to now think, you know, how this has kind of all come together. But I did that for some years. And then, as you mentioned, I moved to Austin and worked at the Texas Hospital Association, started consulting and working with hospitals around the country, got involved at the Mayo Clinic at South by Southwest, other organizations. and and ultimately came to Nashville with Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock, another great group and, and doing some digital work there and then found my way over to Arden. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. So you are the first chief consumer officer that I've, that I've known or talked to. And so I'm guessing the wiring of your role might be a little unfamiliar for some of our listeners. And I know the, that it emphasizes a really critical area right now for healthcare. And um, let us into your job description a little bit. And tell us yeah. what are you what are your responsibilities? What's the reporting structure? Sure. Sure. How's that yeah, look? Yeah, I, I report into our chief strategy officer and then kind of have dotted lines. Um, if that's I a, bet there's that's a few a I bet there's a few dotted lines for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if that's a thing, I, you know, I, I work quite a bit with our chief medical officer, our, our CEO, I, I, a lot of different folks, our chief digital uh, information officer, our CIO. So, you know, I work with a lot of different folks, but um, my job is really to oversee and orchestrate everything consumer facing. Um, and so that is, you know, what we would consider or what most people would consider the historical kind of marketing function. Uh, we don't really call it that. Um, but uh, we look at that as more consumer engagement. Um, but the, the historical marketing function, uh, consumer experience, uh, consumer data and technology, creative services, uh, and innovation. So uh, really, you know, how do we go and engage and have a relationship with consumers or patients in our markets? What's the experience they then have and then the data technology and creative services and even innovation to some extent uh, supports those two things. So it's really about engagement and experience. And so, um, you know, I'm working quite a bit on uh, Epic as our EHR. So all the consumer facing side of Epic, like my chart, for example, or online scheduling, things like that. Um, the campaigns that you might imagine. So how do we reach out to folks? either if we know them or don't know them and try to give them that next best action. Uh, but really everything consumer facing. And then it, it really dovetails quite a bit with even our clinical side of the house around remote patient monitoring or chronic care management, some of the social determinants of health initiatives, hospital at home, wearables, those types of topics. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um, I've, I've heard you speak several times and each time you've mentioned the critical nature of your alignment with your CEO, uh, who's Marty Barton, but, Bonnick. I always want to say Botnick because I know a Marty Botnick and I, I have to, <laughs> yeah. which is just strange coincidence. Um, yeah. But 
but I know I've, I've heard Marty speak a number of times. Uh, I know that there's a, a culture that he's working to create that has helped empower um, that whole consumer focus, that patient, you know, that person-centric uh, approach. Talk a little bit about the importance of your alignment in that, in that regard. Yeah, I, that's really where it all starts, right? I mean, it's, yep. it's really hard to do anything new or culturally different if you don't have the support. And even more than that, the leadership uh, from the folks at the top, right? And it, and it does. It starts with him. Um, you know, a lot of this is his vision and his idea around, um, you know, becoming a, a health services company uh, and it being about the consumer um, and not about the hospital, right? So it's a little bit of a uh, inverse um, from a focus standpoint. And so, He's the one driving all this and pushing for this. And how do we become um, and create experiences uh, for the consumer? You know, he he likes to uh, hold his phone up a lot, you know, and say, why, why can't I do things here uh, that I do in the rest of my life, right, as it relates to healthcare? And, um, you know, just because we have online scheduling, does that mean that it's optimally the best experience? Probably not. You know, and so it's still something that we have to work on and try to fine tune. Uh, just because you have a chat bot doesn't mean that, you know, magically you're consumer centric or something like that. And so it's a continual work in progress uh, process to you know, try to kind of think through, well, what what are experiences do we need to build and drive? Uh, but it really does come from kind of his view of the world and and really kind of how, you know, he and others have, are seeing the the uh, the healthcare, the kind of provider side of healthcare shift, you know, sites of care and things like that. And so when you are thinking through <clears throat> your approach and how you are, are assembling that journey that you're working to create with the consumer, what does that conversation look like in, with your team? I know that there's a, there, there's a, like you said, you have dotted lines throughout your entire organization and how you're pulling that through. Talk, talk a little bit about how you guys are envisioning that. How are you, uh, how are you assembling that picture in the lot and, and creating sure. the journey? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend we've got it all figured out. <laughs> um, I think we've got some, some ideas, uh, that are working and, and some things that we're going to try. And, and I think culturally trying to get into more of this iterative process versus thinking we're going to magically build some experience, um, that will unveil at some point in the future is, is not really kind of the way that we're thinking about this, right? So, you know, what I, what I did is and I started with, our, you know, my team internally um, is reorganizing ourselves to, to better, um, you know, drive this consumer centricity approach. So we have a team that's focused on engagement. We have a team that's focused on experience. We've got a data and technology team. We have a creative services team. Um, and because of the way our systems work, those people have to report to people and it creates boxes on a page and there's a hierarchy. But we've really tried to drive more of a cohort, a horizontal approach of how we're actually getting work done. Um, so we have people that are leading the engagement and experience and data teams that are working together on a daily basis. And we're not just creating and driving work in these silos of teams. Um because it's just not realistic. You know, there are other parts of the organization, our managed care team, for example, is focused on population health and, you know, uh, some of those value-based metrics and things like that. Well, they need to communicate with the consumer. I need to communicate with the consumer. Our finance folks need to communicate with the consumer, right? So there's all these ways that we're starting to kind of work more horizontally across the organization to think, um, okay, if we if we need to engage the consumer, how do we uh, put the next next best action in front of them, or be about them, not about what what we think is important mm -hmm. or trying to prioritize? Again, it's a lot easier said than done, um, yep. but we are we are starting to put some of those things into motion and building teams to more execute or focus in, in that way. Um, than it is, uh, again, kind of a scattershot approach of just to each their own and, you know, whoever can convince the consumer to 
you know, come to an event or pay a bill or answer their text message or, or what have you, um, you know, trying to kind of get, you know, a little more of a team approach around a lot of that. Gotcha. That makes, that makes sense. And it's obviously a requisite because there's a lot yeah. of, of parts that this touches and a lot of necessary cooperation that is hard to, uh, put together in the, in the complex system you guys are trying to work through. Um, so when I, when I think about the terms I associate with consumer in the context of healthcare, I immediately think about technology and the importance of technology connecting the dots. And I might be a little biased there, but I know that reaching consumers in healthcare certainly has to involve uh, a robust technology stack. So what are some of the systems you're employing right now and to what end? I, you mentioned Epic, obviously, uh, yeah. but I know that there's a lot of uh a lot of things that sprout out from that. So talk, talk about what you guys have in, in place uh, yeah. currently that you're working to leverage. Yeah. So we're, we're, it's an interesting time. You know, we're evolving a lot of that. I think when I got here, we were probably much like uh, most organizations in the country, um, a lot of point-based solutions. Um, and so that, uh, you know, we came by it honestly, and I think most people do. You know, you go to a conference, you see something that's interesting or an int- a cool value proposition, and so you buy that thing. You know, CRM was one of those things for a long time, and then chatbots, and then so you end up kind of acquiring these things over time, and that's not all bad. Uh, you know, it proved out use case and value and, and those types of things, but to really get the value that we needed and to create the experiences that we needed, we really needed to pull a lot of this together uh, into a platform or a couple of platforms that are kind of the core, what I would consider kind of the core ecosystem that we're working in. And so um, you mentioned, and I mentioned, but Epic is is a big driver of that. Um, They're obviously our clinical operating system and they power a bunch of other parts and pieces. So that's, that's one thing. Secondly, um, you know, uh, Ensemble is our revenue cycle partner. And so they really drive everything revenue cycle related, including some of our scheduling and, and uh, you know, obviously the bill pay and, and collection of money and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So that's a core piece of, of what we do. Um, and then the third piece is, is Loyal Health. Um, they're, they're really a kind of our consumer experience platform. So they're the ones that are really we're using to kind of orchestrate or be that that operational layer between those two and the and the consumer. And so those are really our three um, that we're we're positioning ourselves around. You know, we'll innovate around the edges. We'll we'll have things around remote patient monitoring, for example, um, wearables, SDOH uh, initiatives, things like that that will kind of dovetail into these. Yep. Um, and then obviously Epic, uh, Loyal, others. I mean, they're, they're innovating every day and, and driving new, um, you know, pieces of technology. So that's always up for debate. You know, there are other things around credentialing or some of our contact centers that we're looking at. Uh, but those are the three big, big ones right now. And so I know Loyal was a fairly recent decision, right? That's a, a fairly recent implementation. I was actually just talking to them uh, about mm-hmm. you guys when I was at Becker's. There was a couple of folks there. Um, yeah. what, what, was, what were some of the deciding factors there? What did you like about what you saw from them? How did that, uh, how'd that sure. process go? And, what was your, and were you the primary driver in your position? Was that your uh, primary relationship? Um, if it works out, yes, I will be the primary. <laughs> no, uh, yes, I, I was. I was the primary d- d- driver of that. Um, you know, we started uh, with them. Uh, I, I knew knew them before coming to Ardent, and so once I realized, you know, a few of the deficits we had, mainly around data management, some of the taxonomies and things like that. Um, that was where the conversation started with them and pretty quickly evolved uh, into more of a full platform conversation of, you know, if I can, if I can, you know, really sell the value and, and show the value uh, from a pro forma standpoint, it would be great to have the entire platform because of all the reasons I mentioned, you know, the more right. things I can have under one roof and in one place, it, it's just easier. It's better. It's, you know, I can now use this data from a predictive standpoint. There's, less interoperability struggles and, and all those types of things. Um, 
And so we started that conversation and that conversation then evolved into more of the full platform piece. But yes, we started rolling it out in April of this year. Uh, so we're just, you know, a handful of months in um, and, and starting to see some wins as we've turned on some of their feature and functionality. Um, and that's that's really going to, you know, kind of continue to snowball over the next few months as we get um, you know, more of their, their, uh, their products in place. And so, you know, excited about that. I think, you know, what was exciting and really kind of the deciding factor for us um, was the, the number of boxes that it checks, right? Mm-hmm. So it allows us to really kind of drive that consumer experience more holistically. Um, and there's a lot less gaps that we have to then go plug in. So between Epic, uh, with some of the pieces through my chart, for example, uh, some of the regist- you know, ER registration, for example, uh, fast pass, you know, the kind of the, 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 you know, waiting in line kind of functionality um, and a few other things that we're doing there. Uh, and you wrap loyal around that. And it, it allows us to really get at most, uh, if not all the consumer engagements um, that we that we run into. Yeah, it's gotta it's gotta be integrated, and I you know we talk about that in the context of what we do. Anytime you yeah. are are trying to map a journey like uh, that is so integrated, like what a patient journey ends up being, and the, as they're interacting with their provider, any gap is going to be a disruption. Any gap has the opportunity to be, in some measure, offensive to the person that you're trying to serve. Right. And and that's where I think it's, you know, it makes sense for for deploying a, a platform that is really focused on eliminating those gaps in the journey, right? I mean, I think that that ends up being really critical. And so it, makes- it is. And I think, you know, you could all you could spend all the time you have, you know, going and, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out if there's a better chat bot or is there a better, you know, widget to accomplish something. I think at some point it's not really about that, right? There's a there's a certain you know there's table stakes relative to you know functionality and can can it do certain things, but really it's it's about the aggregate. It's not about you know it's kind of the sum of the pieces versus any individual piece. You know? yep. So is there a different CRM out there? Well, I mean, sure, there's plenty of CRMs, right? But that's not really you know the value proposition. Uh, again, it needs to do certain things and we're excited about, um, you know, what, what loyal can bring to us, but, um, it really is about the sum of the parts. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so in the context of your work and the customer experience and engagement, how do you distinguish between the, uh, consumer segments that you're working to engage? How's the delineation evolve based on target markets that you're concentrating on, uh, active patients, folks that are kind of on the peripheral. How's that work? Yeah, we've, we've broken it down, uh, at the highest level really into three buckets. Um, you know, active patients being one of those, meaning, you know, we have a recent, uh, relationship with them. You know, they've had an encounter with us in the last 12 months, kind of a thing. And so we know who those people are. Um, it's, it's a little bit easier to reach out to them. Um, you know, based on the fact that they've had an encounter with us and they're in Epic and we know kind of what should come next. Right. Um, and so the, the opportunity there is, is around leakage. You know, do we, you know, how do we continue to engage them, create a good experience, uh, nurture that relationship? Um, so that's one big bucket. Uh, the second is, uh, you know, what we're calling dormant patients. Uh, mm-hmm. These are folks that we've had some relationship with in the past, in, in recent memory, uh, but maybe not in the last 12 months, right? And so there's kind of a time parameter around that. Um, but we know because they haven't been in in the last 12 months that uh, there's a logical reason to reach out to them, you know, that there's a there's an easy path in to hopefully be able to re-engage them um, and, and create, uh, you know, an experience for them um, that is, you know, this easy, frictionless, and, and quite honestly, something that, um, you know, they need to do. You know, annual wellness visits is a good example, mammography, thing like that. And then that third bucket uh, really is the is the kind of unknown um, 
Now we maybe we've seen them, but it's been some years. Uh, but more commonly, we probably don't know them at all. And that's really where more of the acquisition work comes in. Um, and so that's you know what what people would have probably looked at as traditional marketing type campaigns, outreach kind of acquisition type work. Um, now we've we have um, you know all but eliminated you know kind of traditional advertising. Um, so we're looking at ways that we use digital predominantly in, in different uh, mechanisms of outreach, even direct mail, um, to try to do that, that acquisition work. So those are kind of the three big buckets. There's obviously segments in, inside of each of those, uh, depending on exactly what we're trying to do or who we're trying to reach. And so when you're saying you've eliminated advertising, that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, makes sense in this con- context, especially. But how are you? Uh, so, how are you replacing that tactically? Right. Mm-hmm. What are What are some of the things that you're doing as far as outreach, direct outreach, and and connecting with people? And what are some of the What's some of the technology that's helping fuel that? Yeah. So we we have. I you know um, now this is a this is a recent thing. So it's not that there is no outdoor board. Um, you know, that doesn't exist somewhere, uh, <laughs> but, but we're not signing any new contracts. There's no radio or TV or anything like that. I, you know, we're looking, I'm not saying there won't ever be again. It's just tactically to your point, you know, what do we need to do to really, uh, engage those three populations? Right. Yep. And so when we're looking at active patients, we already know who they are. Um, and so we can do that via email, via SMS, um, even snail mail to some degree, phone calls, things like that. Uh, the dormant patients um, also kind of in the same bucket, at least to, to some extent or broadly, um, you know, email, SMS, phone calls, you know, direct mail, things like that. Again, we know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to the acquisition work, that's when we're really using, you know, claims data and some different things like that to target and, and run, you know, mo- more like your Google products, right? So search and display and, you know, some of those types of things, maybe even some social, depending on exactly what it is, organic and paid. Um, and so that's kind of where we're focusing. You know, we, we are doing uh, some some more targeted, um, you know, even down to things like geofencing or device ID based, you know, targeting and some things like that. So uh, obviously, there's been some some movement around the privacy side, and so you know we've got to be cognizant of that. But you know, it's mostly the Google products at this point that are are driving most of that. So I'm curious, I've heard you speak a little bit about some of the stuff that you're working toward in the AI realm. And obviously it's the it's the thing everybody's talking about right now yeah. is how we're gonna incorporate and use uh generative AI and and some of the, the latest advances in that realm. What are you guys uh what are you considering in that regard currently? How are you approaching yeah. that? Yeah, quite a bit. Um and so I'll uh, I'll try not to drone on too much here, but um, we do have a, a design studio partner uh, that is an AI shop here in Nashville. So that in and of itself is driving quite a bit. So Switchpoint Ventures is the is the group, yep. but our our joint venture with them is a, is called Corio Health and um, is. Uh, acutely focused on AI, you know, more specifically machine learning and kind of large language models. And so you can imagine everywhere that that makes sense around the health system is everywhere that there's large amounts of information, right? Mm -hmm. So supply chain, uh, obviously Epic on the clinical side, um, you know, and even on the consumer side, as we think about claims data and, you know, um, you know, those types of engagements like CRM and, and things like that. So we're looking at different opportunities there, starting with really just trying to solve our own problems. Now, those may be become companies and products and all that kind of stuff that gets spun out. And we've had a couple of those, but that's that's not really where we're starting. Um, and so we're doing some things around nursing safety. We're doing some things around uh, personalization on the web. Uh, we're doing some things around, uh, you know, understanding growth patterns and, you know, in our markets and some things like that. Um, 
And then as you move into, you know, some of the partners that we're working with, um, you know, obviously Epic is, is piloting, um, you know, generative AI, certainly within their products. So you think about in-basket messages to physicians, um, translation, things like that. So creating drafts, creating summaries, uh, do the translation work. Um, their, their analytics and reporting tool, you know, having it built in there. And so these are all things that are being piloted as well. And then, um, you know, we've got some partners that, that use it in various ways as it relates to, you know, some of our RPM or, you know, wearable based, um, you know, modalities that we've rolled mm-hmm. out, uh, vital sign collection and being predictive about deterioration indexes and things like that. So, Again, it's it's early, honestly, on, on a lot of this stuff, um, but exciting nonetheless. That yeah, you know, there may be ways that you know, uh, all the way down to super practical stuff like how we create content for our websites, right? And so um, there, there's lots of ways that we're using it. Yeah, absolutely. So as you think through your uh, consumer engagement, and and I'm going to ask. Two things here. If you were to push out three years, kind of give us the meta view of your vision for what you want to see, you know, what Ardent is doing and what that journey looks like for patients. And then what are the gaps that you know exist right now that are keeping you from realizing that picture? Like what are the things, what are the problems that are going to need to get solved to get you there? Yeah. Yeah. I think three years from now, it's not um, hard to imagine you know, a more DIY virtual healthcare system, right, in mm-hmm. our markets. Um, they're already, you know, whether it's Intermountain or OSF or whoever that have virtual hospitals. And so that in and of itself is not necessarily new. It would be new for us. Um, so as you think about hospital at home, um, you know, what care, uh, you know, is actually going to take place in the home and you kind of couple that with virtual visits and online scheduling and all these things, um, it's going to allow us to really rapidly create services around the consumer that maybe if we had to do it in a brick and mortar fashion, just we couldn't do it as fast, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's going to allow us, one, to create services and drive specialties into areas uh, where it's just not practical, Um, So you think about rural or community hospitals actually having neurologists and pulmonologists and things like that, right? That it's, you know, quote unquote, you'd have to go to the bigger city, you know, to have that level of care. So I I see the level of care heightening in these rural areas. Um, I see consumers being able to engage with us kind of on their own terms and, and doing the scheduling and having the visits and even the specialty care and things like that in their home. Um, and so I think that's really where we're headed. I think I think the the part that we're in the middle of solving for um, are super practical things, right? So credentialing. All right. Well, if you got a doctor, can they see people in that other state, right? Or from a command center type fashion? And so there's the credentialing piece, which kind of goes to the, some of the labor issues that we see around any clinician, quite honestly, nurse or otherwise. Yep. Um, so that's that's a big one. The other one is, um, you know, we've mentioned Epic and, and being able to schedule online um, is creating that consistency on our side of the fence um, so we can actually present this inventory online. So, you know, we've done a lot of work around um, creating consistency around primary care to allow for scheduling for primary care visits online. And we're starting down the path of specialty care because there's tons of decision yep. trees there on how you schedule a specialty care visit. So these are things that is, it's not unknown. We know what we need to be doing and, and we're working through that as we speak. So it's really, you know, a lot of times process driven, not necessarily the technology. The technology has to get deployed. Um, but a lot of it is some change management and, and process-related work. As, as organizations are looking at making the, you know, making the switch from the consumer paradigm, from the hospital paradigm to the consumer paradigm, yeah. what are some of, you know, if you were to counsel them and say, here's some of the things that you just need to change, 
you know, what, what is, what are some of the things that have to die? What are some of the things that need to be born in order to help that bridge take place? Yeah, I think, uh, one, you've got to understand the segments, understand the population and kind of who you're engaging with and, and start breaking that down and then understanding the journeys that, uh, people, uh, have. And I think that will Mm -hmm. really surface where the gaps are. Right. And so, Again, online scheduling or something like that is probably something easy to point to that you can walk through and understand where are the gaps. I think mm-hmm. being more consumer centric really kind of changes and, and kind of flips everything on its head in the sense of you need to know those things, but then what do you do about it? Like, how does that change and inform the outreach that you're doing, the engagement activity that you're doing? Um, you know, as you work with operators, a lot of what the focus is going to come back to is high margin service lines that are based on inpatient market share, right? And so you've got to be able to get to a place where you can have conversations around what's best for the consumer, not what's best for the hospital necessarily. I mean, there will always be a certain percentage of people that will find their way to the hospital. I mean, that that's yep. just what it is. Um, and so, how, you know, you've got to kind of change the mindset a little bit to say, what's, you know, let's go talk to this consumer and engage them with what they need to do next, not engage a whole bunch of people about what we might want them to do, mm-hmm. right? And so, right. again, this is that idea of hopefully getting to more of a one-to-one conversation. I don't know if we ever get to one-to-one, uh, but that's, that's, the, that's the hope right, is that you're not doing a lung screen campaign. Right. You, you are focusing it on the, the uh, folks that we know need it. Right. That's, that's the, uh, yeah, that is a good differentiation. Um, if you were to share a piece of it, so, you know, we're talking to health tech marketing folks. And I know that you are looking at evaluating in contact with a number of different solution providers. Yep. And I know, uh, you know, just because I, <laughs> I am, I've talked to enough folks on the provider decision maker side, knowing that there's a, some pet peeves that you've developed in, uh, in working with them and, and uh, yeah. some things that they do consistently wrong. Uh, yeah. to, if you were to share some advice to a health tech company looking to, uh, to get your attention, you know, somebody who's trying to, to get something across mm-hmm. to somebody in your position that has some authority in making decisions on solution deployment. What would you, uh, what would you want them to know? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll try to talk to this. Um, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to, disparage anybody, but I do see a lot of people coming and pitching. Um, they're just not prepared and, mm-hmm. and are actually, they're, they're, they're presenting and asking the wrong thing. And so one, I, I mean, you'd be amazed or maybe not, I don't know, but you'd be, I think you'd be amazed at how many people, um, have no idea who we are or what we do. Um, they don't know where our hospitals are. I, it's it's interesting because our corporate office is here in Nashville. They they show up and they, they want to talk about Nashville or Tennessee, and we don't have a site of care. You just happen to be headquartered there. Yeah, I mean we, we're not we're not within five hundred miles of Tennessee, much less in Tennessee, right? And so it's like you know our markets are listed on the website. Like, I mean, it's not super hard to figure out who it is that you're talking to. So I think, again, it, it's probably little things like that that show that somebody's prepared and has some idea of what you do. And, you know, now if you want to ask questions, hey, I know you've got two hospitals in New Jersey. I noticed they've got the same, but so you guys are, is that a joint venture? Like, you know, asking clarifying questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, but. Um, so there's some of that that I see quite a bit, um, you know, and then the other thing is figuring out how to articulate the value proposition pretty quickly. Um, a lot of groups come in and, and want to talk 
and they spend, I was on a call last week and I knew what they did and I felt like there was value. And so I had pulled together a number of leaders from across our organization because they were really the subject matter experts, right? I looked at it and went, yeah, I can see how this makes sense. And, and that is part, kind of part of my role in, in innovation, which is a little bit different than what we're talking about. So I pulled this group together and I sat there and it took 27 minutes for them to get to what they <laughs> Not that do. you were timing or anything. Yeah. It, it, so at the 27 minute mark, I looked at my watch and that was the first time they gave any real understanding of what it is their product was. And I worry that I'm looking on the screen that we've lost everybody by this point, right? And it's like, we've are everybody's already bought in. Like, I don't need you to articulate this big problem and then ask if we agree that that's the problem and, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? There's just kind of that. There's just this right balance of how do you sell your product or sell the value proposition? Um, and that, that seems to be the biggest issue because again, there's a lot of really cool stuff that I see and stuff that I think would be really impactful. Um, but you've got to understand who the audience is and, you know, that whole idea of, you know, you know, selling past the close kind of thing. It's like, no, 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 we've all agreed that this is good. So just tell me like, what's, you know, how's this work? What's the value proposition? So, yeah, it's interesting. And Reed, I, I can, you are saying it in a few different words, but a very similar thing I hear coming through with many of the provider executives I've talked to. <laughs> it is, you, you've got to get to the value. You've, and, you've got, mm-hmm. and you've got to know the value. Not, not only get to the value, but you have to know the value in the context of the folks that you're presenting this to, right? I mean, it's, it's not just generic. It is specifically applied. It's, having, it's coming with some knowledge, not only of <clears throat> what the general value is, but how yeah. it's likely to apply in a specific instance. Because if you've not done that work, um, you know, it, it's, it's showing that you're, you're not, you're yeah, not I mean, invested in the... If you can start the conversation, and again, I'm just making something up here, but if you can start the conversation by saying, uh, you know, appreciate the time, I, I think what you'll see is that we're able to reduce length of stay by 20%. Well, now you've hooked everybody's attention and they're like, what now? How's that going to work? You know, and so now, now you've, you've put out in the beginning, you know, what the end goal would be. Like, why, why would you want to use us? You know, and so, yeah. Uh, getting to the value statement is pretty important. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, in in your as you're surveying the market, as you are are connecting, and, and I know you're uh, you're very connected. You're you're touching base with a lot of folks in the industry on a regular basis. But how are you learning about new innovations? You know, again, we're talking to marketing folks here. How how are they effectively getting your attention? What channels are is new are new ideas coming to you from? Uh, what things are you reading on a regular basis yeah. that is helping feed your your knowledge base? What's uh, what's work? Yeah. What works? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I do. I still put a fair amount of value in in conferences. I mean, it's the right conferences, of course, but I mean that's where you get a chance to really see what's going on. Um, I think, you know, healthcare. What are, the, what are those right conferences for you? Yeah, I think um, I think the Becker's conferences are good. I think Reuters uh, does a good job with a few of their uh, like digital health conferences, things like that. Total health, um, health, the health conference, as well as Vive mm-hmm. uh, are really great. Um you know, I think on the, the marketing side, uh, you see things like uh, the Healthcare Marketing and Physician Strategy Summit or the Healthcare Internet Conference, even ShishMed to some degree. Um, you know, all of these are good. Now, I will tell you uh, some of the things that have happened in Nashville as of late, you know, the healthcare sessions, the AI yeah. conference at Vanderbilt, the 3686 at the Entrepreneur Center, um, the Telehealth Academy. I mean, those are all strong. Um, you know, Health Evolution Connect um, or the Health Evolution Conference. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of different ones. Those are all good because I, what I want to see is 
people, I, I like the idea of like a, a health system and a solution provider presenting together. Uh, that value proposition usually gets articulated there. Uh, also, you know, healthcare systems talk quite a bit, yeah. right? So um, people call me all the time asking, you know, what, what are about you doing this? with what XYZ? About that? Yeah. You know, what are you seeing and who are you guys using for this and you know, all that kind of stuff? And so, um, but those, those are a couple of big ways. I mean, again, also online. I mean, I see a lot, certainly on LinkedIn, but, you know, the Becker's publications and there's a, you know, there's a few others like that, that, um, you know, the, the weekly gist from just healthcare is good. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, again, it's, it's a lot of networking, uh, quite honestly. Um, yeah. So, Great. Yeah. If there was something that if you're looking at just the marketing functions, not necessarily sales, but if, you know, if stuff that you see, if you go to a vendor's website, um, mm. that, that flips the off switch for you, um, you know, what are, what are some of the more tactical or pragmatic, you know, top line type yeah. of things that might be annoying? And yeah. conversely, what might be a, a, a something that works well? Man, I, I will tell you, I've been to an inordinate amount of websites over the last couple of years um, leading the innovation function here because a lot of what we do is when we're presented a solution or something uh, that somebody saw or, or whatever it may be, uh, we do some initial due diligence, and that includes sure. going and, you know, what other ones do this thing, right? Uh, who are their competitors, that kind of stuff. Um, but we've got a template we fill out uh, for our Innovation and Transformation Committee. And, and when I go, and I've been to a number of these websites where I literally don't know what that, I can't figure out what they do. Like, I'm on the homepage. I can't make, high, I, I don't, what is this? You know, and I can't find the three-sentence snippet that I can put in this document that explains what it is that they do. Um, that is the biggest thing that I've seen over and over again. Um, I mean, half the time, I can't tell if they're a healthcare provider, if they're a technology company <laughs> that, you know, I'm like, what, you know, because everybody's gotten, you know, where the name, the naming um, of these things, um, you know, we're running out of names, obviously. <laughs> and so it's really hard. It may, I can't tell what they do. Right. And so. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Um, again, much like if you're talking to me in person, you know, figure out, I'm not going to spend a ton of time trying to click around your website. Uh, tell me pretty quickly, you know, what it is that the company does, uh, how you solve problems, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, and really all that needs to accomplish is generating a, a meeting. Like that's really all the website should accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. So now, secondarily, I do think there's room for the thought leadership piece, case studies, insights, all that kind of information is is really useful, you know. Um, and especially if it's not super product centric, you'll have people coming back to your website actually pulling studies and insights and you know things like that. That I, I do it every week for my team. I pull five articles. Uh, off the internet um, that I send out to my team every week. And some of those are from other consulting firms. And so it's, you know, uh, somewhat vendor agnostic, obviously. Some of it is actually from um, like Sitecore, for example, like from their website, their thought leadership or something like that. So those are, those are good places as well. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Reed, as we're winding up here, tell us a little bit about where folks can find out more about you. Tell us about the podcast, sure. uh, what you're doing in that context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, LinkedIn's probably the best way to track me down, uh, quite honestly. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. It's just my name. Um, I got on Twitter a long time ago, so I have just my name. Um, but uh, Or X, I guess it's X now. Um, but LinkedIn is probably the best way to track me down. And then the podcast, uh, Touchpoint, uh, touchpoint.health is the website. 
Uh, you can find out you know more about the podcast there. Certainly, you can find uh, find it on all the you know Apple and Spotify and all the places that you might be listening. But uh, yeah, co-host that with a guy named Chris Boyer. Uh, he and I have been around for a long time. You mentioned my involvement with the Mayo Clinic. That's where he and I met. You know, I don't know ten years ago and. We threatened to do a podcast for two or three years and then finally started one six or seven <laughs> years ago. And so, yeah, still doing it. Comes out every week. Uh, talk a little bit about digital and transformation and things like that. So um, if you're not subscribed, that would be uh, that'd be great. But yeah. Awesome. Well, Reed, thank you. Uh, for the rest of our listeners, I'd say if you are... Um, if you're listening and you like what you're hearing, please take a minute and to rate and subscribe to our podcast. Your feedback is incredibly important to us. We're always eager to hear your suggestions on future topics and your input helps us create content that will resonate with you. For other additional information about this episode, and, and we'll link out to, uh, to Reed's, pod, Reed's podcast and, and other elements that, we, that were shared here, uh, encourage you to, uh, to visit the Visit us at GoRatio.com and check out the podcast page. We will get you more information and resources regarding what we covered here. Reed, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate the conversation. Excited to see what you continue to unfurl in the context of uh, what your work there. Uh, I'm, I've been tracking a lot of what you've been communicating and saying. I, I love how you're thinking about the problems and uh, eager to learn more and continue to watch the story unfold. So Reed Smith, Chief Consumer Officer, uh, thanks for joining us today on Healthcare Market Matrix. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it and uh, look forward to uh, talking again soon. Healthcare Market Matrix is a Ratio Original podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then jump over to healthcaremarketmatrix.com and subscribe. And we'd really appreciate your support in the form of a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. It does make a difference. Also, while you're there, you can become a part of the Healthcare Market Matrix community and get access to courses and content that's created just for you by signing up for Insights Squared, a monthly newsletter dedicated to bringing you the latest health tech marketing insights right to your inbox. Ratio is an award-winning marketing agency headquartered in the Nashville, Tennessee. We operate at the intersection of brand and growth marketing to equip companies with strategies to create meaningful connections with the healthcare market and ultimately drive growth. Want to know more? Go to goratio.com. That's G-O-R-A-T-I-O.com. And we'll see you at noon central next week for an all new episode from our team at Ratio Studios. Stay healthy.